Before we jump into today's episode, I want to tell you about my very own app designed to revolutionise your learning experience. With the British English Podcast app, you'll find a distraction-free learning hub featuring all of our free resources, including the podcast worksheets, ebooks like the five-step method to improve your listening skills, how to use idioms in the IELTS exam, and many more. Plus, our English level checker, which will give you insights into your proficiency. And if you're interested in our premium content, the beautifully designed app is ready to deliver it all in a seamless way. Download it now via the link in the show notes or simply search the British English podcast in your device's app store. Hello, thanks for stopping by again. Although if this is the first time you've tried this podcast, then I highly recommend going to the first episode of the show. Head back to season one, episode one to get a good understanding of what I do here. The original idea was to give you conversations around British culture and teach you British English at the same time. And while I do keep that in mind most episodes, I've become accustomed to doing the occasional bite-sized episode where I update you about my life whenever I have something going on in it worth mentioning. And uh, you will ultimately be the judge of whether I do indeed have something worth mentioning today. But... (laughs) I'm actually making this one more for me than for you, if I'm totally honest. You see, I've been in a bit of a dark place this week. Not literally, I mean emotionally. I mean, although at night it is dark like everywhere else in the world. Oh oh no, apart from, you know, the North and South Pole in the right season, it's day all day long or all night long. Hmm, either way. I wasn't there. I was in Europe in the winter. So it was dark a lot of the time. My point, though, is that I'm emotionally bummed out, down in the dumps, uh, clinically depressed. No, not clinically. Uh, No one has seen to me. And um, actually, I'm already noticing a shift in my mindset in just a matter of days since the thing happened that has really made me feel like I've hit rock bottom. And I say feel because I know I haven't really. I've still got a beating heart, a roof over my head, food in the fridge, and, you know, considering the current climate, I should definitely also be thankful that I'm not in a war zone. But all things are relative, and this week has been tough. It's been tough for me. It's been a bitter pill to swallow. And before I get into it, I wanted to say that I was thinking I don't want to do an episode about it, because my aim is to generally give you light entertainment And uh, I like to think that for the most part, you come away from this show feeling more positive than negative. But as I said, I'm doing this for me because making podcast episodes is something that I love to do. And it's a bit like talking therapy. I get to express myself in an uninterrupted way. And when I listen through the edit, it actually helps me uh, to reflect on what I've said. And then hitting publish and then seeing how many downloads the episode gets, it makes me feel heard. You're listening to me. Sometimes even more so than when I tell my partner something, especially uh, when I haven't timed it right and she's staring at her phone the whole way through the conversation. So I need you this week. And if you really want, you can send me a bill in the post for lending me your professional listening ear. 
I should also say that at around the 10 minute mark in this episode, I talk about something that might be a little off-putting for some of you. So if you are squeamish, which means you easily feel sick from hearing something unpleasant like uh, the body being harmed, then you'll want to skip minutes 10 through to 12, uh, roughly speaking. Okay, so let's see. Um, In fact, I'm even going to do a role play. Yes, yeah, and you... Well, you can be my therapist. But as you are a successful and busy one that lives in the city, I suppose you might even have a receptionist. So yes, let's set the scene. Are you getting the most out of this podcast? Imagine having all our free learning resources, including the podcast worksheets, the Idioms for IELTS ebook, the five-step method to improve your listening skills, and much more at your fingertips. With the British English Podcast app, you can access everything in one distraction-free learning hub. Plus, if you decide to upgrade to our premium podcast, Academy, or any of the courses, you can do it all seamlessly within the app. Find the download link in the show notes now or simply search the British English Podcast in your device's app store and start enhancing your learning experience today. Hello, Doctor. Hello, Daniel. Yes, I'm done with my last client. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the next one. Certainly. Uh, Mr. Baxter, you can now go through to see your therapist. Oh, great. Yeah, thank, thank you. Charlie, come on in. Hi, uh, yeah, thanks for seeing me at such short notice. Don't mention it. It will all be taken care of in the bill. Uh, Oh, right. Uh, Okay, Uh, thanks. As I said, don't mention it. So, tell me, Charlie, how are you really doing at the moment? (sighs) Well, I could be better. Um, Where do I start? Well... Over the last three to four years, I've had a a string of injuries. Um, Admittedly, all sports related, but still, uh, let's uh, let's see. I I broke my collarbone a few years back. I then broke my thumb playing cricket. And then straight after coming out of a cast, I did my knee in whilst playing football, which um, I ended up needing surgery on and then a lot of rehab. And then... I broke my ring finger eight months later. Oh, yes, yes. I seem to recall you rabbiting on about all of this before. And that knee injury was a tendon, if I'm not mistaken. A bit rude, considering I'm paying for this. But uh, no, actually, you're you're mistaken. Uh, It wasn't a tendon. It was a ligament. But, you know, fair enough. You've, You've probably got people with bigger problems, right? Well, yes. Yes, I think you are possibly my least concerning client, so I tend not to bother writing any notes for you. But coming to think of it, I I do recall you uh, mentioning it being a rather crucial ligament in your knee. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was my ACL. Doctors say how it's uh, pretty crucial if you want to still have an active lifestyle. And um, yeah, that, that affects my mental state quite significantly, which I would have thought you of all people would respect right oh yes i do 
I do indeed. I have huge empathy for you. Uh, not being able to go skiing every season, play golf every fortnight and play tennis once or twice a week. Weird. I feel like you're saying the right thing for me, but your tone suggests the complete opposite. Don't be silly, Charles. Sit back, relax and tell me, what has caused you to come in today? After all, those injuries are all in the past, are they not? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, all right. So I'm getting married in August. And... Oh, congratulations. <laughs> what wonderful news. I, I told you this last time and, and you got an invite with a plus one as well. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. As in so busy that you forget things or busy on that day so you can't come? even though you probably don't remember the date if you can't remember that I'm getting married? Uh, both. Great. But please please do continue. Continue, Charlie. So, yeah, I'm getting married this year, and traditionally men in England go on a stag do before their wedding, which used to be a big night out on the town with a group of friends. But over the last couple of decades, this tradition has been ramped up and tends to now be a long weekend in a foreign city where the group drink a ridiculous amount of alcohol, pull pranks on the stag and let down their nation at the same time, to be fair. But that's not really my kind of idea of fun. So uh, I suggested going on a trip with my two best men for the wedding uh, individually as a replacement stag do. Right. Sorry, is it normal to have two best men at a wedding? Uh, no, no, no. Normally you choose one and uh, hurt a couple of other people's feelings. But again, these days it's not unheard of to have two. So, yeah, I chose to have two. Anyway, one of them is Harry and will hopefully be going to Spain as he's also teaching me Spanish and we both really enjoy Spanish-speaking cultures. And then with the other friend, he said that his uncle has some accommodation in a ski resort called La Plan in France that we could occupy for a week. Goodness me. Sorry to go off on a tangent, but uh, just just wanted to check. Do you still know how much a pint of milk is these days? Hmm. A bit random. Uh, what, I, I don't know, five quid? Not even close. Please continue telling me about the incredibly tough life you lead. Well, I, I wouldn't call it tough, but yeah, okay. Uh, so we went to France and had a bit of difficulty getting up the mountain as our flight was delayed, but we got there, checked in and went to bed excited for our first day on the snow. Uh, woke up to some rather overcast weather, which makes it tricky to see the ground that you're on. So, you know, if there's a bump or a dip, you don't really know until it's under you. But yeah, we got up and did a couple of runs took it slow and um, and nothing eventful really happened up until that point. Okay, well, you could have skipped that part then. I don't know, I keep coming back to this guy. Uh, and then the third run was going to be a nice blue run, but we decided to take a, a quick detour, which included a harder route that we found out too late was actually currently a mogul field, which had turned to ice overnight. So we really had to take it slow to get through this tricky piece unscathed blimey that does actually sound rather tricky especially uh considering the weather conditions yeah in hindsight we definitely shouldn't have taken that route but we got to the bottom eventually and so i relaxed just for a moment which 
unfortunately caused me to misjudge the terrain for a split second. And what I thought was just going to be a mogul had a rather big dip before it, which caused me to accelerate and I was thrown off balance. My skis got caught up in the snow, both pointing inwards and I toppled over them, which created a really unnatural tension in my knees. And yeah, before the skis came off, oh, I felt a sharp pop in my right knee. Uh, pain started shooting through my body. And for five minutes, I was writhing around on the floor in excruciating pain, sh shouting, I've done my ACL in again. I've fucking done my ACL in again. And uh, with that pain came a deep sinking feeling of dark, depressing thoughts of how I'm looking at another year or two of no activities and, and learning how to walk again after surgery for another three to six months. Not to mention the fact that I wouldn't be doing any more skiing for that whole week ahead, which considering I had already gone and paid for it was pretty annoying. Oh, Charlie boy. I'm terribly sorry. I really do mean it this time, despite not sounding like I do. That's rotten luck. How did you uh, get off the slopes? I mean, I can't imagine you could still ski, right? Yeah, well, after 10 minutes of letting the pain subside, I tried to stand on it, but it gave way quickly. So I started, um, <laughs> I started shuffling down the mountain on my bum. But considering that we were right at the top of the wrong side of the mountain uh, to our accommodation. It, it would have probably taken me uh, five hours to get home. And then uh, fortunately, when we were looking back up the slope, we saw uh, my knight in shining armour or a, a snow patrol with a blood wagon behind him, which is like a sled that straps injured people up in a cocoon-like way. And then they snowplow all the way down the mountain and take you to the nearest medical clinic. So that's what happened to you? You went in this uh, blood wagon? Yeah, yeah. I, I got to the clinic, had an x-ray, and then the doctor did some tests on me. Um, and then it came to the moment of truth when he did uh, what's called the Lachman test, I think, which is a specific pulling movement done between your shin bone and your thigh bone to test if you still have that ligament in place or not. Apologies if you're squeamish, uh, but imagine your ligament is a piece of paper. When you bend paper and then pull it straight quite quickly, it resists when it's stretched out fully, doesn't it? Um, it makes that sound. So he did it on my good leg and if you have an ACL intact, it actually hurts a bit because the ligament is being pulled tight. So, um, yeah, he did it on my left and I was like, oh, 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 I'll stop it. Stop it. So um, he's like, yeah, OK, you have an ACL in your left leg. And then he comes over to my right leg. He does it. And I can't feel a thing. And uh, we look each other in the eye um, and we both know that that means my right knee's ACL has gone once again. And um, I'll admit, I immediately felt a tear form in my, in my eye, in my right eye only. You know, my left side's fine. <laughs> no, both, both ears, both ears? 
both eyes, both eyes welled up to the point at which they formed tears, which ran down my cheeks um, because I knew exactly what the road to recovery was because, yeah, I had done, done it 18 months ago going on a waiting list for an ACL reconstruction, then being drugged up to my eyeballs after the operation. Well, there's a slight perk getting the strong stuff, no? It's good to look on the bright side of things, Charlie. Good to see the positive and the negative, the light in the dark. Continue. Yeah, I suppose, but I just remember being sat there on the sofa for about a week in a vegetative state, after having had surgery, uh, dealing with the swelling around my knee, dreading the next time I'd need to move or, or get up, which would always pull on the stitches. And then after three weeks, I was onto crutches, learning how to walk again for the next couple of months. And it actually took about nine months until I felt fully confident to go back to exercise that included more than just going in a linear direction. So, yeah, I'm struggling to stay positive right now. But um, as I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm, I'm feeling better than before. Excuse me, Charlie. Are you, are you feeling all right? You're with me in my therapy room. What on earth are you talking about? Mentioning the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to say that I do feel a little better than I did a couple of days ago. My main concern is the NHS waiting list, hoping that it's not too long. Um, hear this, Charlie. That stuff is out of your hands, unfortunately. Sure, you can go in there limping as obviously as possible and telling them how your dream is to run a marathon to raise money for cancer research. But aside from the obvious... You've got to focus on what you can take control over. Are you telling me you'd lie about raising money for cancer? Charlie, Charlie, do I look and sound like the type of person who would do such a thing? <laughs> when, when have you ever known of a, of a posh, dreary-sounding old boy to take advantage of a system that was put in place to help people no matter their socioeconomic status, eh? Is that a trick question? We're getting sidetracked. Let me tell you what you came here for. You see, when I was younger, I did a spot of improv comedy. In, in fact, I don't mean to brag, but I was rather well known for it back in the day. Uh, I, I, I've probably got a VHS of me and the old crew lying around here somewhere. Let me let me fetch it for you. No, no, it's it's okay. I believe you. Plus, I don't own a tape player. I, I don't think my parents even own one anymore. Right, you are. Well, uh, where was I? Well, yes, one day I was doing a live performance in front of a very well-known director of a play I was hoping to be involved in. And uh, I was due to come into a room on set where a couple were fighting and I interrupt them and the scene would develop. But on this occasion, 
the woman chucked a large object across the floor during the heated discussion before I entered, and it lodged in front of the door that I needed to open uh, to start interacting with them. Uh, I tried to open the door gently as to not draw attention to the unfortunate circumstance, but it was stuck, and so I felt. I should wait it out and let them uh, complete the scene without me, until the director that I was trying to impress came backstage, storming over to me, asking why on earth I'm not getting involved as previously planned. I tell the man of the problem with the door, and to my surprise, he looked at me with a glint in his eye, saying, "Don't admit defeat, boy. Use the difficulty the world throws at you. Use it, goddammit! Bring that obstruction into the scene, and it'll make the scene that bit even more realistic." So he got me squeezing myself through that door like some crazed zombie, which, to my delight. Really brought the house down. I guess my attempt at clambering through a doorway in the most unceremonious fashion added to it all. And yes, sure, I got a standing ovation at the end. The local newspaper mentioned my stellar performance, and I was asked to take on a bigger role in the next play. But you know what stuck with me there, Charlie? The lifelong lesson that can be applied. To everything, use the difficulties life throws at you, and furthermore, don't let them become your identity. If you use the difficulties life throws at you in even the slightest of ways, then you will soon find it impossible to feel like the victim of circumstance. It can empower you to take charge of your life and really get the most out of it. And. A sound piece of advice to follow this is to avoid difficulties at all costs before they are indeed unavoidable. But once you are faced with them, use them, Charlie. This is why I put up with this guy being insanely rude to me. I see. Okay, so yeah, I should use my inability to do something else whilst I can't do what I typically enjoy doing. So while I can't run around chasing a tennis ball, I can focus more energy on my Spanish studies, or making more courses that will benefit my students, or get back to staring into my neighbours' houses with binoculars.、Uh, but let's go with the first two suggestions. There don't want to get arrested now, do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Ah.、Oh. Thanks for that. I, I do feel a lot better after speaking to you about this. So yeah, thank you. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it indeed. Well, it、uh, seems our time is up. So if you'd be so kind and hobble your way over to Daniel on your way out, he'll、um, help take your payment for the session. Will do. Yeah. Thanks again. Hopefully, won't need to see you too soon. See ya. Okay. There we go. That is all we have time for in today's bite-sized episode. I hope you didn't mind that I used you very much so today、uh, as a form of therapy. But、uh, the creation of this episode really has helped me escape the frustration and disappointment I've experienced whilst sat on my ass 
wishing my friend a good day on the slopes day in, day out. If anyone listening to this is French, then I would like to stress how the bakeries and cheeses your country has created has also really helped me get through the week, although it has also helped me gain a little extra weight. As the role play highlighted, this injury will mean that I can spend more time on the podcast and uh, courses to help you improve your English. So make sure you are signed up to my mailing list, which you can join on the BritishEnglishPodcast.com. And if you want to support the podcast, then make sure you check out the premium podcast or academy memberships. Again, you can find them on the website. Don't forget to download the free app if you haven't yet, which is the British English Podcast app in your device's app store and uh, I'll be back next week to give you a more upbeat episode hoping you have a good week ahead of you and uh, two healthy knees underneath you my name is Charlie and you have been listening to the British English Podcast Thanks for tuning in to today's episode Before you go, make sure to download the British English Podcast app, the ultimate tool for your language learning journey. It houses all of our free resources from podcast worksheets to ebooks and the English level checker. Plus, it offers a seamless experience if you choose to join our premium podcast academy or any other course. Find the link in the show notes or search the British English podcast in your device's app store. Enjoy a beautifully designed, distraction-free learning experience today. Happy learning.